Hello and welcome to Team Franco Bodybuilding Podcast. We are now on episode 67 and you're probably saying I was gone for a few months and now I'm spit, spitting these out. Well, I guess I had a lot to say and when it comes to my mind, I want to say it. And this one is going to be pretty interesting and I think will help those who are thinking about competing, in the middle of competing, or competing really soon. As you can see with the title, with the question mark, taking a contest prep too far. So I just want to interrupt this podcast because I did take a listen before I wanted to publish it. And just to reassure you that I'm not trying to discourage, I'm just trying to give you warning signs. Because to reach a better physique, there is dedication, there is discipline, and there is a grind. And yes, you're going to be tired and you're not going to feel the greatest. That's what also makes this great because a whole lot of people cannot do it. But when you continue to listen on, I'm just giving some warning signs of maybe taking it too far. I'm not trying to discourage anyone or to scare anyone away from competing because the journey in its, in, its, in, in itself is so valuable to life that it's just going to make your entire life better. Therefore, I don't want you guys to freak out saying, oh, I'm afraid of losing strength or I'm afraid of being hungry. That's going to happen. When you listen to this podcast in its entire format, you're going to understand where I'm actually going where people take things a little too far, where it can become mighty counterproductive and doing more harm than good. So back to the show. So what I'm going to discuss today, uh, a lot of it's going to be anecdotal through my experiences, uh, myself personally, working with clients, um, and also hearsay. Uh, with those who basically I've known or they've had lousy contest preps and then they reach out to me because they know my philosophy and want to give that a shot. But it's certainly something that I think a lot of us go through uh, only because we get so excited and we are in the zone per se. You know, we're nailing everything. Obviously, I've talked about this before where consistency is the biggest thing. You know, you can eat dirt, you can do this workout, whatever. The bottom line for the success for a contest prep is to be consistent day in and day out. Yes, you know I'm a fan of balance and flexibility. It has its time and place. But today we're going to talk about, say, that person that's, you know, eight weeks out, six weeks out, striking distance and they see the light at the end of the tunnel where they're like, fuck it, I am going to push the gas pedal down, run the quarter mile under 10 seconds, do everything possible so I can get leaner and look my all-time best. Yes, I agree, you need that attitude, you need that consistency, but you also need to learn how to pump the brakes. Now, if you have... A good coach, they will be pumping the brakes for you and you may not even know it, which is a good sign, obviously. Um, then you have other coaches that will 
just throw everything at you, you know, everything in the kitchen sink, just because they're like, yeah, this is what they want, and not really care about hormone levels, energy levels, how you may respond and rebound after the contest. Um, and that to me, as you know, I've done, you know, one of my earliest podcasts, I did uh, two episodes about exit plans. And to me, that's super important because I'm, I'm not going to go, you can go back. I, I It's one of my most listened to ones. So if you research and find that one, give it a listen. Um, it's It's got a lot of listens per se, but the highlight of that is that, yes, you have a contest, but you also want an exit plan knowing what to do and how to get out of that. So a lot of that with your exit plan is how you approach your contest prep. So that's what we're going to talk about, especially those who will do anything, okay? Basically doing too much during their prep uh, and just pushing too hard. So you're, you are consistent. You're nailing it. You're getting great feedback. You love the pictures that you're seeing. Your coach is giving you feedback. And you want more and more and more. Well, that can lead to some issues only because with that mentality, you're getting that addiction, that reliance on your body constantly changing. And yeah, that's what a physique competition is. But you also got to understand that the body can only handle so much, especially if you're a first-time competitor. And I actually did a podcast on that, touching upon, again, in summary, that with each show that you do, say you do one a year with a you know a year apart, so you did one in August, you do one the following August, and so on and so forth, you will get better because I think your body likes to go so far. Um, again, this is just through per- this is not scientific. This is just experience where I take someone, say a figure competitor, she diets down, she's 125 pounds. She looks good, presentable on stage. The next year, yeah, she's new to the game, so she's building muscle, losing more body fat. She might be only a couple pounds lighter, but she has more muscle. So therefore, she did get leaner and build more muscle, She should, so she looks even better, so on and so forth. So I think the body can only go so far, but the main issue with the subject of this podcast is that sometimes the body is not in control where the mind takes over. Because you say to yourself, and again, this is anecdotal, where if you're doing, say, 20 minutes of cardio a day, so that's 140 minutes a week, and you're progressing along nicely, so therefore it's human nature to tell yourself, let's do 30 minutes a day, so that's 210 minutes a week. Because if you're having progress, I'm going to even get more progress than doing cardio. Same with the diet. If you're consuming 1,500 calories and progressing nicely, well, how about if I drop it down to 1,100 calories, shave off another 400 because I'm going to progress nicely. The first issue with that is most likely you're going to be burning through more muscle tissue. Okay, unless you are heavily muscle bound, you're going to burn through muscle tissue and it still is a bodybuilding competition. No, you know, where you need the muscle. It's not a diet competition where people will just do whatever it takes to get really skinny and lean, but they don't have the muscle. So you have to be careful when it comes to 
doing too much during your contest prep, the way of cardio and diet, because it is inevitable. You know, I don't care what anyone says, but if you're a natural competitor, you're going to lose a small percentage of muscle. And the key really is once you build your body is to hold on as much as possible. I mean, you could do body fat testing and all that, but you also know when your energy levels go to shit. Okay. If you are eight weeks out plus and your energy levels and your strength gains or, or maintaining strength is in the toilet where you're getting weaker and weaker, then you're doing too much too fast just to lose more body weight. Not necessarily all body fat, but you're losing body weight. Because, you know, clients of mine, they'll hear the same question over and over again. Yes, I always ask if you're hungry. That's going to be part of it. But if your energy levels are in the toilet, if you were once, once you know, deadlifting 200 pounds and you can't get 135 off the floor, you know, with a couple months out, that is a tremendous drop. And that is, to me, a sign that you are losing muscle tissue. But like I said, it's inevitable. You're going to get weaker. You're not going to be making PRs in the gym and all that good stuff. But you don't want your energy to crash where you, you can't sleep. You got to take multiple naps per day. Your lifting sucks. Even if you mix it up and go higher reps, lower weight, those are red flags. You know, if you are pressing it too hard and doing too much during your contest prep. Because you're burning through that valuable muscle tissue that you need to show off your physique. Again, bodybuilding contest, building the body. So that's why you got to do it slow and controlled. All right, meaning that, yes, you can push. And I'm going to get into that in a second, What I how I handle my clients. But you just don't want to go so far because you're going to have those things happen. And then your hormones get totally wrecked. Let alone, this is not teaching you a lifestyle. I get it. You know, higher level competitors can push more, but I'm going to touch upon that also. It's just a fact of constant progress, realistic progress. So you look great on that stage that you look your all time best and like you belong. You know, I mean, it's, I had a couple younger clients and I mentioned them in my last podcast, Recently Compete. And they started with me in October, each of them. And literally, they were about 145 to 150 pounds, uh, figure competitors. We got them each down to almost the same weight. You know, one was, I think, 130. The other one, at 125. Different physiques, but they looked awesome, and they placed really well. They weren't saying, I got to do more, I got to do more. No, I pushed their bodies accordingly to what their bodies would allow at the time. Now, I will personally set someone up so they'll have that slow and controlled progress. And when we reach that eight-week, six-week six mark, I will go harder. Only because they see the light at the tunnel, they will push it, they get excited, and they can handle it mentally. And it won't be terribly hard on their body. Where I think for that two months to two and a half months out... You can put that extra grind, but still no excuse to doing over an hour of cardio, you know, calories that are 300 grams or 300 calories below your current body weight. 
because that's just going to set yourself up for a terrible rebound and it doesn't teach you anything. And if you got to go that hard, you know what? Maybe you should push the show back, okay? Maybe that is a sign of like, I shouldn't be competing now if I got to push it this hard. Yes, pros at higher levels can get away with it, but they already mentally and physically went through the challenge of a contest prep. And usually you learn from previous contest preps. So therefore, it's not, you know, they know what to expect. They know how to come out of the diet much better, not have a terrible rebound, recover real well, and all that good stuff with the exit plan that I've talked about before. So we touched upon the main goal is hold on to muscle tissue. We touched upon not overdoing with cardio and not cutting your calories. But for some reason, as humans, once we get into the groove, we obviously get addicted because we see the progress. We see the scale move. We see more attention on social media. Oh my God, you look so great. So you'll go and go and go. And if you don't have the proper coach or if you're not working with someone, you'll continue to go down that path. I've, like I've said, I've seen it, you know, over the years I've had clients reach out to me and they tell me what they did um, and either they work with me or not, but I'm like, holy shit, you know, 90 minutes of cardio a day, um, where's your life? And then that's on top of doing a you know, typical hour of weight training a day. It's just it's just too hard on the body, but money, the body and the mind and everyone around you. Okay, I mean you know I always say bodybuilding is a big part of your life, but it shouldn't be your entire life because you're not going to make you know money at this. That's the truth. Self satisfaction, doing it the right way, is what will make you happy. I've seen that personally. Again, you know I've have been guilty of this. I've learned the hard way. You know, back in um, 2012, that was the uh, the highlight of getting glutes, you know, especially for male bodybuilders. And I pushed myself way too hard, meaning I wasn't sleeping. I was doing much more cardio than I ever did in my life. Yeah, I was older, but at the same time, I didn't back off where... In most cases, when someone gets, you know, super, super lean and they are ready, say, two or three weeks out, we will back off. And I've done that with a number of clients where you slowly bring back in more calories, you take away some cardio, you tend to fill out, and the metabolism will actually continue because you're not stalling it. And you'll look better and more refreshed and feel really good. Well, I reached that point of most likely being ready a month out. And I was like, fuck this. I'm going to keep on going so I can get those glutes in. Well, I learned the hard way. You know, a lot of that's genetic. I mean, my ass is big and all, but at the same time, I didn't have those sharp striations that you see on some dudes. And I, I ruined myself where my legs were, were, were weaker than normal. And it was just quite disappointing. And I felt terrible. I placed okay, but... For me, it was not about the placement. I was more disappointed because I knew that last week, especially, I should have backed off on the cardio to let my legs recover. I know I could have eaten probably three times as more 
carbs the last few days going in instead of doing what I did. So I learned. And then, you know, the last time I competed was 2019, seven years later. And I did listen to those. I wrote notes down from all those years ago, highlighting, cut back on the cardio, eat three times. And I did. I was probably just as lean, but I wasn't as flat looking. And I felt so much better. And it wasn't like, damn, what the fuck am I doing to myself? You know, like back in 2012 versus 2019. I, I, you know, I was beating all that and all that stuff that I talked about earlier. But at the same time, I wasn't as miserable. Meaning that, you know what, this isn't, isn't too bad. I backed off. I can certainly compete again. And I want to compete again because I learned from this show. And what I take from this show, I'm going to apply it to the next one. It's a constant evolution, obviously. And that's what's great about bodybuilding. You can do it at any age, even though your body changes and injuries and all that fun stuff. But I, you know, when, it, when you reach a certain level, you just want to do it to prove to yourself that you can still do it, not to anyone else. So backtracking and talking about the metabolism, and I talked about this on my Exit Plan uh, podcast, but I'm going to retouch upon this. You know, for those that will do anything, they'll kill themselves. And why a rebound is inevitable is because your metabolism is then preserving itself. If you're doing that, you know, 90 minutes of cardio, hour a day cardio, super low carbs and calories, and all of a sudden you bring in or you cut back on that cardio after after you compete and then you bring in additional 500 calories or you binge, well, guess what? It's your body's not going to be helping yourself out for energy. It's going to be converting it more into fat because your metabolism is at such a low level because it was protecting itself during those last two months, three months where you were just doing too much. That's the scary part because your body will slow down because that's what we're supposed to do. Our body, you know, homeostasis, it needs to find that baseline and protect ourselves. So that's why mentality-wise, we're telling ourselves that, oh, I'm doing 120 minutes of cardio. I'm going to do over 200 minutes of cardio, you know, per week because that's going to result in more progress. Yes and no. And the reason why it's no is because your body is slowing down. You add more, so the metabolism will slow down even more because it's not having enough energy, metabolism-wise, to do the daily activities that we are accustomed to doing. That's just walking around, you know, doing your job, cutting the grass, doing laundry, because we are at such a low point that the body is like, "Uh uh-uh, I can't, you know, I'm protecting, I'm slowing the metabolism down to protect ourselves. So therefore, when you do come off your diet finally and you shove in more calories and do less cardio, guess what? Your metabolism is used to conserving and say burning, you know, a thousand calories a day because it's slowed down to protect itself. And then you double and triple those calories coming in. That's the typical rebound and why people get fat and get all messed up afterwards. That's layman terms, not scientific. (laughs) So it's a tough pill to swallow, okay? And that's why I say the approach is super important. Now, if you have the mentality because you competed, you know your body, you could handle those last couple months of really grinding it out. 
but you also learn need to back off so you fill out a little bit more leading into your show. Yeah, I, I did it to myself back in 2012. There are a good half a dozen clients or those that reached out to me over the years that basically, yeah, they look great, but they had a terrible rebound and their hormones were completely wrecked. Their body shut down because of the lack of calories and nutrition that they had. So therefore, their body is like, uh-uh, you know, I can't operate, so I got to slow down. And that's what you hear a lot of times with metabolism and hormones, more so in women. I mean, for men, yeah, testosterone will be in the toilet. I would say my last prep, which was better, it was probably about three to four months until I was getting excited again, if you know what I mean. Before that, 2012, it was at least six months where I, even though I gained more weight, the hormones, testosterone levels were in the toilet. Uh, I, I forgot the guy's name. Um, he's a very reputable coach, scientific. And there was actually uh, a real life um, experiment, you know, on natural male bodybuilders and how testosterone levels drop and how they take a number of months. And in that paper, and I, I don't have anything in front of me, so I apologize to so take my word for it. But the typical average time for testosterone to come back was anywhere between two to six months. So that is something to, to consider and be ready for if you're a male competitor going all out and pushing it really hard. So I'm approaching that 20-minute mark, and usually that's where I like to cut things off. I'm reviewing in my head. Um, I guess, you know, this is just a word of caution. Okay, you know, mentality wise, we get excited, we're being consistent, we want to push and we grind and grind and grind. We also have to pay attention to your physique, pay attention to how you feel. If your strength is really going down fast, you need to reevaluate where you are with your calories and your cardio. If your energy is at such a low point where it's just tough getting out of bed, you need to reevaluate where you are. And this is more so for those first-time competitors. You know, if you have a coach that's instructing you this, it's okay to question them. You want to open your mouth. And they'll might say, well, you got to do whatever you got to do. Yes and no. Yes, you've got to push, but at the same time, you know your body. And that's where pitchers come into play because if you're looking awfully flat, awfully stringy, and just losing that muscle fullness, and even if you carve up, may not do the trick, that is time to pull back a little bit and listen to your body. So I'm going to wrap this one up. Uh, hopefully it's been helpful. I didn't mean to get on a soapbox, but we're still in contest prep season. A lot of people are competing this summer. And again, my goal for these podcasts is really to have information out there. So if you listen to this in the wintertime, next spring, next year, you can apply it. Uh, it's just, you know, some something that was on top of my head. And I just want to help people, you know, that's that's my job. That's why I do coaching. It's just to help people as many as I can and just reach out to whoever may be listening. And I do appreciate the audience. Um, if you have any questions or concerns always feel free to reach out to me at fitfrancoforizon.net. Interested in coaching or just discussing your goals, hit me up, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks.